This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it, then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so obvious, makes you so sick at heart. You can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the change of the people who run it, to the people who own it. And unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You fall down the thunder, well now you've got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Welcome to Crip Ricks I've Been Thinking. What's this show all about? Well, it's all in the title. He enjoys interviewing people about issues that he finds interesting, and which cause him to sit back and think. Cryptocurrency. True crime. Natural law. The occult. No topic is off limits here. He has always enjoyed when people give their points of view or thoughts on different topics that they have researched. And what makes it all great is that it's their unique take on what is being discussed. For that reason alone, it makes it interesting to him. So take that walk down to his crypt. Make yourself comfortable. And just maybe, he will be discussing a topic that you have been thinking about. Here's your host, Crypt Rick. Welcome, everybody, at another episode of Crypt Ricks. I've been thinking. Thank you guys for all joining me here once again, taking that walk down to my crypt for another great interview. And just to let you guys know that I had a great weekend, and actually, where I live in here in Canada, the weather was actually really decent for once. I mean, we had a couple of nice warm days, so I'm very happy to report that because I let you guys know every week, and usually I'm reporting rain or the odd time snow. And it's just great to see that actually the sun is out, and I think I'm crossing my fingers that winter is behind us now. I always speak too soon, and then we get snow or something like that. So who knows? Maybe I jinxed myself, guys, but it's it was beautiful today, too. I spent a lot of time outside just doing stuff in the yard that I could, and it was amazing. I really enjoy being out in nature and stuff like that. So 
I'm hoping everybody had a great weekend also, uh, you know, good weather and all that kind of great stuff. And just before I go ahead and uh, get the interview going, just I always let you guys know here at Revolution Radio, it is listener-supported. And that means that you guys are who help make this all work and happen, and it's through your donations, right, that we keep freedom alive and keep fighting for it and fight against the censorship and what they're trying to do, take away freedom of speech. You guys all know what I'm talking about. And so, I mean, it's great ways to donate if you're in the cryptocurrency. We got that for you. You've got uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. There's Ethereum. So there's a few options there. Uh, you got also Patreon. So you can go ahead and do a monthly donation that you want with, you know, lots of different amounts, whatever you guys can afford or whatever. Uh, that's a great way to do it. And you can also go to the shop and check out all the cool merchandise. There's a lot of great stuff there. You got new mugs that are being designed. There's T-shirts, all kinds of great stuff to show your support. So amazing if you can it's super appreciated lots of great content on here amazing creators uh hosts that are hosting a lot of great shows pretty much 24 7 guys i mean that's awesome covering a lot of topics and topics that wouldn't be allowed on other platforms that's for sure so you know thank you to everybody who has donated who is donating it's so appreciated thank you guys and uh that's i think it's a great thing to support i mean i'm all for fighting for freedom right now especially with, with what's going on in the world I, you guys all know what i'm talking about so but I've got a little thing different here this week. I do have a guest, but I did have to pre-record this, uh, so I'm kind of new here. I Hopefully this all goes off without a hitch, guys. I've never actually had to pre-record an interview before, but I had to do it for this week's show because my guest, who I will be playing the interview I did yesterday with, lives in Austria. So if they were to come on my show at this hour, my time, Eastern Standard Time, it would have been like midnight where they live. So I thought... That's a little late. <laughs> I don't expect to have anyone, so I said I'm going to pre-record it and uh, just play it for you guys. So it's a great interview, and my guest was Melissa Arnonovich, and we were talking about great things. She has a great website. I'll make sure I put a link in the chat for you guys And during this uh, interview. And, we, you know, amazing stuff. I've watched some of her interviews, and she covers a lot of great topics. We were talking uh, about core values, uh, mutual respect. And then we kind of we touched on a lot of things. We also touched on uh, the, you know, the deception of belief and authority and stuff like we've covered a lot of great topics. So I think you guys will really enjoy this interview. I hope it all goes off good. I'm going to go ahead and share it now with you guys. So let me just hope this works and I will start sharing it. And hopefully this sounds OK in that, guys, and we'll see how it goes here. So this is an amazing interview, guys. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And then after the interview, I'll come and chat with you guys for a bit at the end. And to wrap up the show. So here we go, guys. Alrighty, if I can figure this out. <laughs> See what I mean? Here we go. We're already starting good. Uh, hold on here. Let me try something here. I will figure this out, guys. Okay. So. Okay. Let me just do a couple things here. Alrighty. Here we go. And I'm, uh, as I said, we were talking right before this, and I mean, we were ta talking about so many great topics. And in these topics, what I want, like for this show, I want to cover a few topics that I think are really important. And we, were, I would like to talk about core values and uh, moral respect and definitely touch on the deception in authority. That's something that I'm very big on talking about because I think people are very, very deceived a bit with authority and they have I mean it's just when I look at it it's crazy how much people 
put behind it. So I would love to talk to you about these topics and whatever else we come across. I mean, I don't think we'll have any trouble hitting any topics. But, yeah, so can you just start let everybody know a little bit about yourself, like your past and how you got to where you are now, just to get everybody familiar? Sure. Okay, let me try and do a really short version. (laughs) Oh, take your time. (laughs) Take your time. I was born in Bosnia, and when I was three years old, there was something called the Balkan War, which broke out uh, in that region in former Yugoslavia. My parents then moved to the UK, where I grew up in the UK, Um, and then I moved to Austria 10 10 years ago, so I'm living in Austria since 10 years. Um, My background is predominantly in the corporate world in various different functions. I was in the corporate world for more than 15 years. I started really early (laughs) Um, into that system. Um, I was I was arguably in one of the biggest indoctrination school systems being the UK, um, because they really I was just thinking about this the other day that they only teach you. I remember history and everything being purely about British history. Mm-hmm. And I used to even remember wondering as a kid, like, why don't we learn about the history of any other country? Like, why are we only learning about British history? And it was always just about wars and how proud they were that they have all these you know, riches and jewels and whatever. And I was like, but didn't they get stolen and like robbed from other people? <laughs> so it's really just, I was already always, I was always, let's call it a curious thinker. I was always someone who opposed authority. Um, I never, it never felt right to me, meaning that I always wanted to do what I want to do. Like no one's going to tell me what to do. Even my grandma said, she goes, oh, Melissa always said, I, I want what I want. Like you can't make me do what I want to do, don't want to do. Right. Um, but I also had, um, from my parents coming from that background, a very, very harsh sort of, you know, war driven background. And I mean, really war, like real war. Um, and so they went through a lot of hardships there and they had this mentality of a lot of self-discipline and drive and work ethic. So that, that definitely stayed within me. But, um, in 2012 is when I wanted to, decided to leave the UK with my partner at that time because um, I was like this can't be life that was the beginning of my sort of bigger awakening so I was right. like this can't be all of life I already had like a decent full-time corporate job whatever you know living in my own place with my partner and all that I was like okay but this is kind of like horrible like you just go right. to work all day you come home extremely exhausted you eat something you watch some tv you go to sleep and then you start all over again the next yep. day. And I remember always being like, oh, I can't wait for the weekend. And then the weekend was like, you're just sitting in four walls in a huge city, right? Because there's no, like London, there's basically no nature, no nothing. It's just traffic and bad weather. And mm-hmm. I was like, this just can't be life. So for over a year, I was like contemplating, like, no, it's just got to do something different. So that was like one of my first kind of downloads or insights from the universe because it just didn't make any sense. No one around me was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this is a huge risk. Why do you want to go and move to a country that you've literally never even visited? We hadn't even visited Austria. Wow. So I was like, we're just going to choose. We took out a map and we're like, okay, where are we going to go? Like, where is there like more nature and stuff? Where do we think potentially is going to be some more, you know, uh, joy and quality of life? And well, now, obviously, 10 years later, looking back, I know why uh, I had to choose Austria because I really have had immense experiences here. But that was the beginning for me. And then it just continued sort of the peeling of the onion throughout the corporate life because I got to really experience sort of behind the curtain, you know, how these people are uh, being in boardrooms, being in rooms with sort of people that, you know, supposedly are the ones that a lot of people in the world look up to, you know, as their kind of pinnacle of what life success in life is. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And I was in rooms with these people. I'd go to business trips with these people. I've traveled to so many countries. And I was like, these people are really horrible. <laughs> As in like, you know, their, their character is horrible. They lie. Uh, they're manipulative. Um, they're only in it for them, you know, in things for themselves. Um, you know, they're not trustworthy in any way. So I was like, why would anyone look up to this? So on top of that, you know, that's being a good person, so to speak, in the system, I couldn't be converted to their satanic mindset, if you will. Right, yep. So I really couldn't. So that's why I suffered from it, meaning that I was always doing the best that I could. I was always like an overachiever, but I was being, uh, like, used for that because I wasn't, I, I wasn't playing their game. Like, I just wanted to do a great job, you know. Yep. So they would utilize that against you. So over time, I'd got burnt out and all that stuff. Um, and then I was like, I just don't love what I'm doing. I don't want to give all of my energy into corporations that do nothing back for me. Mm-hmm. I don't love the product that's being sold here. I don't see how it helps people's lives. And even though I got to do what I love to, and what I do now, which is uh, training and workshops and teaching and educating, speaking, I was able to do that within the company, yes, like and help people within the company, but it wasn't like it's it's a small scale. You're still restricted. You know, I still mm-hmm. would have to cross check every presentation with a manager, you know, and they're going to tell you, I don't like that. You've got to change that or all the in, inside politics, right? Like the politics of when someone wants a promotion, they're backstabbing the other person. It was just so much of this ugliness behind it. And you'd realize like, wow, no one really everyone's just it's this doggy dog world and I didn't like it and I also wasn't made for it because I was genuinely just trying to do a great job and help people so actually just before this whole thing happened this plague thing uh two uh, two years ago in November 2019 is when I decided to leave the corporate world full-time work and start my own venture as in nobody manages me no one's my boss I'm self-employed if you will and um and I think it was amazing that it happened just before all of this. For sure. All of this came down. Like now, when I look back, I was like, "Wow, that was really the universe like preparing me, like taking me out of that system already beforehand." Right. And uh, again, I, I went on a whole other journey of learning there as well. Like I had to learn all these new skills as well, like for the online world, because the majority of what I was doing was offline. I was doing offline workshops with pe- people in real life. You know, mm-hmm. groups of twenty, thirty people in a room. And, you know, around the world. And then you have to go from that to everything's online, right? So I was learning all those skills, building my own websites, learning how to do Zoom workshops and stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm doing Zoom workshops where you're just looking at a camera like this and there's a thousand people on the other side. Right. And you're like, okay, this is a whole other world right now. (laughs) And, uh, but I was like, I I went because it was linked to the right thing. You know, I knew I was doing the right thing because I'd, uh, the, what what I opened my own company for, if you will, whatever you want to call it, what I became self-employed for was to teach expanding consciousness, to help people master their own minds, master their own emotions, and become the leader of their own lives. And so I do that through what I call human skills. So everything is t- basically helping people learn how to actually live a fulfilling life and do purposeful work in their lives. You've got to remember we spend 80% of our time at work. 80%. That's crazy when you talk. And 85% yep. of the world hates their jobs, yep. like hates them. Now, just think about what, what comes from that. Like I'm going to go on a tangent now already. Now think about what comes away from that, which is that, you know, you get physical disease because you're constantly, you know, suppressing how you actually feel. You're constantly uh, stressed out. It causes physical disease. People can't stand their managers because managers are 
micromanagers, they're bosses, they're mini slave masters, right? Yep. Which is when we'll get into the point about authority in the corporate world or in general, in organizations, okay? The fact that we even have an employee, employer-employee dynamic is quite literally just a fancier name when we talk about word spells, right? Yep. It's a fancier name for master and slave. It's exactly the same dynamic. Exactly. Because even when I was working in corporate, if I wanted to still like uh, I was trying to launch my own business on the side, you can't because they take all your energy. They take all your life force. You're working 24-7 for them. And on top of that, they monitor like who you are outside of work as well. It's really weird. Like they'll, they'll see how you are on social media and every company does this. Yes. So they actually kind of own you. When you're an employee, you're signing your contract to say like you basically partially own me, especially because you pay me a wage and I have to pay half my wage into taxes and all that. Right. So they literally have a right in a way to sort of monitor and tell you whether or not you can or can't do things on your own, like on your own Instagram, on your LinkedIn or whatever. And I remember even having colleagues that had an issue with that, as in like they would post something on Facebook and the next thing they know, a HR manager is calling them saying, why are you posting such controversial content on Facebook? He's like, yep. dude, it's my private Facebook. <laughs> like, why are you? So, you know, this stuff happens in yes. the corporate world, yet people, it's, it's, it's portrayed as this fancy thing because you get a nice suit and you get a company car and you get, you know, the office and your laptop and it looks all lovely but it's 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 just a modern way of calling someone a slave so i've totally gone off a tangent no that is perfect you say it so well and and that's what i try to tell people too and and you're so right when you say that people are giving away their energy because i think that's one of the most important things that they're taking from people oh, it, they take a lot of different things but i think our energy is one of the main things and and you're so right because I think I know people that have jobs. They hate their jobs. They don't. They're like they were like you. They're waiting for the weekend, and then the weekend's so quick, and they're just doing stuff around the house or whatever it is. Just to, you know, they're not really taking time to themselves. They're just trying to to get things done that they couldn't do because they're working so much. And so I totally agree that the work, the way they have, and I know it's by design. They want people in this state where they're not thinking like they want you like a robot is what I call it. They want you to go do your job and then you go home. You have a couple hours to, with your wife, your kid, your husband, whatever. And then it's like you said, right back to the same thing. And this is just what people do day after day after day. And what's admire, what I admire about you is you broke a free from that. And I've had talks with a lot of my friends that are in jobs that they don't like. And they always say to me, "You, it's it's not like, how do you do that? How do you, it's such a – I know it's got to be so scary to do that. I mean, you're breaking away from something that's comfortable and familiar and it's guaranteed. you got all the things that come with that, but you're miserable. So how do you – I how do you suggest people get away from that system? That To me, that seems so, – it's such a big move to rely on yourself. And It is. It's a huge move, and whether people – you know, they're not going to like to hear it. But at the end of the day, yes, it is a huge risk going into the unknown. You you cannot be guaranteed safety. You just can't. And that is it's more that mindset shift than anything else. If I had known what would have been possible for me after like now, like everything I've managed to achieve having coming out of this system in terms of my own well-being, my own uh, 
fulfillment purpose and still being able to take care of myself in terms of just ensuring I can live, you know, yep. um, if I'd have known it, then the decision would have been easy, right? Of course. Well, yeah, I know it's all going to work out fine, but you don't know that. And certainly not going into a global, you know, pandemic and being the most difficult. So honestly, it, all odds were against me in so many ways. On top of that, I'm in a country that's not my native place. Like I speak the local language here, which is German. It's not English. So I had to learn fully a second language, like fluently. That was another thing, which was like, um, again, it's all, a, it's a mindset. It has to come to, again down to how well do you know yourself? How much do you trust yourself? And how much confidence do you have in your, simply in your ability to go for what's right? So when I when I was thinking about it, it wasn't like I just said, okay, tomorrow I'm just going to quit and forget all of this. It's yep. a process. And yes, exactly. people need to have a plan, meaning you are going to have to have some savings because I had to invest all my own money. I don't have shareholders or whatever. I'm not, it's not that kind of thing. You know, it's all my own investment. So you have to have some money saved up. Absolutely. Can you ensure that you have, let's say, enough to live for six months if you had no income? That's the first thing someone's got to think of. Like how yep. many, how much months of money, let's say, have you got in the bank that you can sustain simply living, your cost of living, uh, if you were to quit your full-time job? That's number one. Number two is your standard of living. You may need to change it. Right. That was a huge comfort I had to change too. Um, I was by no means living luxuriously or anything like that, but I certainly never, you know, I definitely had the luxury of never looking at, what something costs when I wanted to buy it. I was never like thinking like, oh, can I afford that or whatever? Whereas that mindset does have to shift when you then want to leave the system and therefore like be smarter with your spending, for example. Just that alone, knowing how much is enough for you can be such a freeing experience in terms of your costs. Because yep. a lot of people have more costs. It's an illusion. They have more expenses than they actually need because they're in the system, because they need to have the car to go to work. They need to have all of the, I don't know, extra clothing they need. They need to pay uh, to order food for lunch, for dinner, because they have no time to cook, right? Yep. Uh, and it's just like all these things add on top. So actually you have extra expenses that you didn't really, you don't have when you're out of the system. Um, that's another thing. And the other thing is, you, you need to know what it is you're trying to achieve. I knew what my purpose was. That's one of the courses I have online is discovering your purpose. That's what I first did. This is what I'm good at. This is what I want to do. And I'm going to do it no matter, like, I'm going to go full out. You have to want to go full out. You can't just kind of tiptoe. I was trying to build the company on, on the side, like on the mm -hmm. weekends or whatever. But it's just not, as you said, the system is designed to take so much of your energy. You haven't got the time. Where is your where is your time? Where's your energy to, to start to try and cultivate a side hustle, as they call it? Yep. Like, no, there is it's no, there's no time for that. So it's, it has to be a full time effort. And and also when you then treat it as a full time and when it has to be like your full time, you will also, you know, you'll switch on differently. You'll take it more seriously. As for well. sure. But um I think for the biggest point, though, beyond all of that, is that when is enough enough for people? And for me, it was the, like I was getting to the point where I was being screwed over so much by people that I worked with um, that the universe brought to me a situation 
So even though I was thinking about it and planning about it for like a year or so, it brought me the situation. The universe will bring you, basically, if you, first it will come in small things. So again, you might experience uh, every few weeks something small, Mm -hmm. you know, like something goes wrong with a project or your colleagues talking about you behind your back or, um, you know, you have a bad, uh, you have a bad manager that, that, is an alcoholic or something. I've heard that before. So, right. so it's just like all these things will come up, but you kind of tolerate them, right? Yep. And then it's like until something really big comes because you weren't paying attention. So for me, it was like, yeah, they were all coming, 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 but it was like nothing was big enough for me to be like, okay, because I'd always give the benefit of the doubt, right? Oh, no, well, it's just maybe it's me. Maybe I need right. to adjust the way I'm seeing it. Maybe yep. and that's, you've got to be careful because, again, in the system, that's what they're going to do. They put everything on you. You, the worker, they're like, oh, it's your fault. You need to adapt. You need to be more resilient. Everyone's yep. got to watch out for this word that they're using right now in the word spells. It's resiliency, adaptability. Like, this is, like, that's life now, guys. you just got to adapt to everything. Well, change is the only constant. True. But just because things are changing does not mean that we have to adapt to the change. What is the change? Do we want it? Remember, we can create the future, right? We can create the change. So when you hear people saying things like, you know, you have to just adapt to the change because it's going to change anyway. I disagree with that. What is the change? So like when they talk about, you know, transhumanism, for example, and Mm -hmm. man merging with machine, well, that's just coming anyway. You just got to adapt to the change. Don't be a, you know, Flintstoner or all these weird words. I was like, uh, no, how about we consider the actual implications of literally merging human beings, DNA, trying to play God, uh, into a machine like that's not you being a flintstoner or an old ager by questioning that form of so-called progress right yep anyway, i'm digressing so for me it had to come to like a, a that yeah a really huge sort of thing where i was screwed over quite a lot and i just had the moment in a meeting where i was actually being offered some kind of promotion which was a total crap uh, I was like, let me think about it over the weekend. <laughs> I already knew. I already knew what I was going to say. It just, I can't explain to you. It just washed over me, this piece that was like, Mel, you just got to do this now. And what will be, will be. It's the right thing. Enough is enough. Like, when are you going to actually respect yourself enough to say no here? Right. Like, you'll figure it out, you know? And that's where people need to come to is that self-worth. Because, again, that's the biggest wound everyone has yep. actually is 100%. they don't think they're worthy everyone has this wound yep. and it's just when do you discover it and all that and for me that was that i was like my god i've been blind this whole time assuming it's just i've got to adapt i've got to change i've got to, i've got to change my perspective in the meantime i'm constantly being you know screwed over so i came in on the monday and i was like thank you very much but no thank you like i'm leaving and it was the most liberating refreshing and peaceful feeling i ever had like it was beautiful like i didn't feel afraid i didn't feel like i made a mistake saying it it just felt so right and i'm sure there's a few people listening that would have experienced something similar especially over the last two years there's a lot of people that even lost their jobs right and if they were really honest a lot of them were actually almost relieved i I agree right so um the answer is it's not easy it is a big risk but honestly the risk is so worth it. And again, if I'd have even dreamed as to what my life would have turned out then to be as what it is now, um, it, it, I just, I, yeah, see, I'm speechless because it's right. just, it's to say it was the right thing. I, I, like it, it was it literally was. the right thing. Exactly. So. 
Right. And and that I like what you were saying. You're so correct what you say. And it's amazing to hear you say it because it's what I think about. And I and I think about a lot of things. And I and I think people have to start. I call it shadow work. And it's where I where I sit with myself and I ask. I'm very honest with myself and I ask myself a lot of hard questions and I do it every day. I take time just to be with myself, and I just call it getting to know myself. You call it shadow work, whatever you want. And I think when I started doing that is when I started to realize, as you were saying, your self-worth and and what you're willing not to accept and start questioning these beliefs that you have. Like, why do you have them? It's like that's a whole different topic. But, I mean, the shadow work, it goes so deep into who you are. And I think that I know a lot of people don't do that work. Most of them run away from that type of work. The last thing they want to do is confront themselves and they rather point fingers at everyone else in the world or their situation and blame other people, but not realize that it's coming from within. And so, I mean, I just, I'd like to get uh, your thoughts on shadow work because I know a lot of people that I talk to don't do it. They just don't. And I think that that's the foundation to getting out of all of this we have to realize because everybody's got a talent right i mean i honestly believe that everybody's got a talent yes so when you start doing that shadow work and getting honest with yourself you you start to realize what your talent is and that is what you can build off of to get out of this corporate world is to channel your energy into that instead of giving all your energy to this company or boss that does not care about you you know, you're so replaceable to them. Exactly. exactly. Imagine that. Imagine how much energy you then have. That's the thing. People can't envision it because they've never known anything else. If right. all you've ever known is, you know, following the footsteps that society tells you to do, right? You can't imagine what it's like to have all that time and energy. Yep. Your time, the, the amount of time I got back is so priceless. You cannot, you could not, there's no amount of money you could write me a check to say, just go back and do the, the corporate work. You will never see me in a cubicle in a desk office. For sure. It's such a different world. And the amount of time you get back, and in that time you get to do, first of all, as you said, the shadow work, which is so critical. And here's the thing. Um, So as you said, people want to distract themselves or blame other people, whatever. You can still do shadow work in a safe space, meaning alone with yourself in your own you know, home, in your own, uh, or in your car, or whatever's a safe space for you. Maybe there's a mountain you can go to. I don't know. Um, But that was extremely powerful for me. So as in what you said, like when you, you have, a lot of people have to reach that sort of, uh, I forget, yeah, you reach rock bottom, right? You have to reach rock bottom to a point that there is no other option other than to look at it. Look at yourself, speak with yourself. And the most powerful gift I had in that uh, sort of state is to have no one to go to. Now, let me be really clear, because people think a lot is like you need uh, you need the support from others and whatever. It can be a very sneaky escape, escape, escape Mm goat. But when you have no one to go to, meaning you literally have to fucking sit with yourself, there's no one to call. There's no one to cry to. There's no one to comfort you. It's just you. You've got to look at yourself. You've got to look at everything that you've you've decided in life up until this point. You have to to be willing to be honest with yourself. So we're not only lying to other people, we're lying to ourselves, right? So you've got to be honest to yourself. Okay, how have I gotten to this point? Mm-hmm. How am I not believing in myself? How am I 
causing the very issues that I'm having. For example, for me, it was I would always have uh, scenarios, especially work scenarios, where I was always over-controlled. Uh, I would have people in my life that would always try to over-control me, like strangle me from control, right? And I realized it was because, from shadow work, because I was attracting people like that, because exactly. I had that I had that in me that I was expecting that kind of aspect and personality because I expected that from others in a way that um, that's what I knew it was a pattern from like childhood and so on. So when I realized that and broke that pattern and realized, oh no, actually, people won't control me when I actually become fully in control of myself and set boundaries. Exactly. Okay. These boundaries are important because not only between others, but for yourself. It's knowing for yourself, like, what do you allow? What don't you allow? Almost nobody can tell you what their boundaries are today. Mm -hmm. It's all, this is what they call like enmeshment. It's like totally like there's no boundary there at all. It's just, there's so many people who are like people pleasers, for example, right? They never know when to say no. They feel immense guilt. That's also not by accident because again, we're conditioned to feel like bad people for saying no, you know? So, but it's like, when are you going to say yes to yourself? So yeah, the shadow work still, I think for not only for me, but for lots of people I know and I've worked with, the best form of it is literally just sitting by yourself with yourself, looking in the mirror, sitting in silence. And if you have to physically transmit, you use pen and paper, write down what you're feeling. That's what I do. (laughs) Something that was actually, yeah, you can also write, for example, letters to people that have hurt you and things like that. That was always something very powerful. Write letters to the people that have hurt you, saying the things you wanted to say or or also forgiving them and then burning it because um, fire is transmutational energy. It's very powerful. Like It might sound like nothing when I tell you, but when you literally do this, when you take pen to paper, you take how you feel in your thoughts and you write it down, you put that out, it's like speaking it into existence. And then burning it by letting it go, you're, you're letting it go. It's released from your life. Um, it's powerful. It's a very profound feeling. Yes. Yeah. Very, uh, very, very powerful. I, and that's what I do, uh, to be honest. That's really crazy that you brought that up. I've always been a writer. That I write, I journal. I write all my thoughts down, and I, I look over my journals from years ago to see where I was and where I'm going. I, I love doing that work. I, and I got to the – I did like doing shadow work at – the beginning because it was hard and I and you have to be honest but you get to like it because you really start to discover yourself yeah and the things that got me that really were shocking to me doing this work was how much stuff that I that I was programmed to believe like they were things that I believed there was just stuff that I was taught in school and that's like that's a topic I love to get into you too because I've had guests on recently where we were talking about the schooling system and mm-hmm. how they get how they're getting children so young now and like i mean it used to be kindergarten at least where i live it was kindergarten and then you had public school and then you had high school like three years old yeah now you, well now you got pre-kindergarten so now you got pre yeah. and then you got daycare before that so you're giving your children over so young to strangers yeah. Yeah. and they keep you busy at work with your job yeah. so you're not spending time with them you may have a couple hours in the morning maybe an hour in the morning and maybe an hour yeah. or two at night and then they're always in someone else's care. So this is a topic I really passionate about talking about because I do have friends that have children, and I I see what's going on. I talk, try to talk to them, but that's a touchy subject. I found that out the hard way, <laughs> and um, so I got to be delicate when I talk to them. But uh, yeah, it's just I, when you do the shadow work, you start to realize all of these beliefs that you have—they're not yours. These are things that are just exactly. 
constantly put in your head through all these different uh, different ways, through social media, through all of the things, and especially schools. So I'm big on if I did have children, I would definitely homeschool. So what are your thoughts on the school system? I know I already know what you're going to say about the school system, but I want to get your thoughts on uh, – well, let me, well, let me, uh, you'll, I don't know if you know this because now like as an adult, again, like you said, looking back, back then it was just normal. It was what I was growing up with. But right. now when I look back, I'm horrified as yep. to some of the things that we endured through school. So for example, so first of all, I'm, I'm a non-parent, but like you, right. I'm extremely passionate about conscious parenting. I have a lot of friends and just me people too. around me with children, in my opinion, Everyone that is an adult has a responsibility to set an example for children around them, regardless of whether your children, they're your children or not. 100%. You know, they are simply the children of the earth. That's kind of how I look at it. Uh, so I don't think it's just the responsibility of whoever gave birth to the children. It's just every adult in the vicinity. So I don't know if you knew this, but in the UK, um, we have a school uniform, okay? And mm-hmm. it's very, it starts very early from about five years old. Wow. And I kid you not, this uniform is a full-on... Have you ever seen Harry Potter? Yes. Yes. So that's a real school uniform. You wear a tie, you wear a blazer, you wear like a full-on... It's like a suit. Right. So they're already conditioning you from as young as like your earliest memories for the for your corporate world, right? It's like, oh, you've got to wear this suit, you've got to wear a tie. Like, even, as the, even as girls, like we were wearing suits and, and ties. And... Um, it was like the most stupidest things that they pay attention to. Like, for example, it was a deep navy blue was the color of our uniform. And if you came in wearing black, you know, pants, trousers, right, they'd send you home to change. And now when you think about it, it's like if if education is so important, like why are you caring about whether or not someone's, you know, what they're wearing is navy blue or black? I mean, really, is that what's important to teach? Right to teach our children, uh, you know, and um, the, the, the fact that it's literally scheduled as a full day, like eight hour, like eight hour day Same here. Like from eight to three or eight to four um, bombarded with information because you're just going from subject to subject. You don't remember anything because you, there's no emotion there. So the school system is very left brained. And when we talk about left brain, right brain, it is very, um, theoretical right you don't literally have yes you do have two brain hemispheres but they're very connected you know but it's just more like left brain being it's very much just about the analytical um process everything's about process step by step analytical and you know right wrong black white kind of thing and think about it as children that's when your brain so from the age of zero to seven that's when your brain is like a sponge okay your brain is still developing. We have very complex brains. And our outer, like our, the sort of newest part of the brain, if you will, the part that only humans have, especially the prefrontal cortex, comes into being much later, like much, much later. But from zero to seven, a child literally has no capacity for critical thinking whatsoever. So just imagine that for a second. That's why, for example, psychologists always focus on the first seven years of your life because that's they're so shaping of your your how you view the world. And also you have no moral compass yet exactly. because you have no critical thinking, meaning who are you learning morality from? The people, your, your environment, you're learning it from your immediate environment, your parents, your teachers, your your peers and so on. 
So that's why, for example, religion, uh, and this is a huge topic, you're right, this is something we've been afraid of, but religion, there's like the, you know, the priest would say, give me the boy until he's seven and I'll show you the man. Yep. Because, you know, again, they know these things. They, they, they've had the, the, the most um, skilled neuroscientists and so on that work on all these indoctrination systems. So it's built, it's built to strip away all creativity and all imagination from children. You're never lo- using any of your creativity, imagination. Play is very quickly disintegrated, whereas actually play, the state of play, simply exploration, adventure, running around, joy, that is actually where children learn the most, and yep. adults, too, to be honest. It's true. But that is where children learn the most. So they will still learn all the things like how to read, how to write, how to calculate something, but in a but with all this other great stuff. But what, what the school system does is it forgets all the parts that actually makes you human and that actually is connected to your soul and focuses purely on the mechanical machine part because they're shaping you to be a cog in a machine. That's what the corporate world is. And the industrial age was created 200 years ago, about 250 years ago. The industrial age was created, and all that was was transferring slaves from the, from the plantations. Now we're going to put you into a nice building, and we're going to call you employee. Yeah. Okay, and we're going to give you a so-called paycheck, but now you're no longer a slave. Wrong. We're all, we, we're all, if you are given a paycheck by an employer, you're still a slave. That's just the reality. That's not me projecting an opinion. That is literal reality. Also, when it comes to the financial system, don't even get me started on that because money in itself is an illusion. And also anybody who has ever uh, studied and done anything high up in financial uh, institutions, I've known a few of these people who literally cracked at the end because they realized how messed up that system was. And then they left it and started to teach people the reality. For example, inflation, which we're all experiencing insanely right now, right? Inflation is legalized counterfeiting. What is counterfeiting? It's when you uh, make something up, right? Like that's not real. So I can counterfeit a check and give it to you. And that is, that's a fraud. I can go to jail for that. But the government (laughs) can't go to jail for counterfeiting um, inflation because that's what it is. It's counterfeit. It's counterfeit money. It's making up money that doesn't exist or, 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 Percentages of money, and this is again not my opinion, this is coming from experts in, in the financial field. And they and it's legalized inflation. So this comes to moral rel- relativism, yep. which is that okay, so for them there's one rule, but for everyone else it's another rule. So this is what you're taught to bring it back to the school system. Everything you're taught growing up is wrong. I call it the history that never was. We don't know, we don't we'll probably won't write a book on this someday, because none of us really know what history is. It's been so messed up. Exactly. Like there's so many different versions. Every country has their own version. The person that, uh, the country that wins the war writes the history, right? So they're teaching you the history that they want you to know to shape you into the being they want you to be tomorrow because the best form of slave is an obedient slave. And why is it the indoctrination system or the school system the most, one of the most key things we can be talking about right now, as you said, if again, like as you said, if I had children, I would 100% be home. Me too. Them. I don't think that the school system does anything uh, for people's kids. And if people are really honest with themselves, you have to admit this to anybody else. Just sit with yourself, you know, and really ask yourself if you had the choice, you know, like in the sense of would you rather that your child 
was a disindoctrination system for nine hours a day that you never get to see them and they're being shaped into a human that you can't even recognize? Or would you rather that they're homeschooled, which can be misleading in the sound because people immediately think, oh, does that mean I have to work eight hours? I was going to say that. Yeah. Which I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Before I say, like, is that what you, how you would perceive that? I that's what when I talk to people that have children about homeschooling, uh, that's immediately what they go to. They're like, the first thing they say is, "How am I going to teach my kid? I'm not a teacher." Is usually what they say, and then they say, "How am I? I don't know how to teach eight hours a day. I'm not a, like that's what they get into, and that's why I love that you brought that up because that's the first thing they tell me." is that, well, how am I supposed to create a classroom in my house and teach them for eight hours a day? And I'm like, that's not what homeschooling truly is. Like, I mean, they, they're trying to copy the school system. And I'm like, you're trying to get away from the school system, not just bring it to your house, you know? <laughs> exactly. And, that's, and that shows you as well, as adults, how that's proof that their imagination and creativity is stripped away. Because yep. that, that shows you, literally, if someone says, Oh, that means I have to just copy and paste what the school system does. It shows you there's no, the creativity is gone. So the result we have in adults today is a result of the school system, which we know clearly does not work. It just shapes people to be cogs in a machine, as I said, from the Industrial Revolution, which we're only seeing more and more of now, which is a sense that basically, and again, this is openly public. This is not my opinion. You can look this up for any. This is taught in business schools. This isn't, this is the, the main purpose of any single company that exists is to make profit. That's it. Yep. They just exist to make profit, guys. They don't care about you. They don't care about how, how happy you are at work. All of that is just fluffy stuff on top to pretend and to drag you in, to bring you in. Okay. They'll say, oh, yeah, we, you know, we have a gym or we give you cookies for lunch or whatever. But like, the main <laughs> yeah. point is you're still going to be unhappy. Why is still 85% of the world literally hates their jobs that's a huge that's a huge figure that means the system is not uh built for for flourishing human strength and you pointed out something earlier which is really important is that i do genuinely believe and i have seen with working with so many people that people have inherent talents they have inherent strengths and when you identify them which you do through your creativity and imagination not through doing a checklist of what someone else yep. told you what to do when you discover that and you start to uh, continue learning but develop your strengths not only do you get like a thousand times better or whatever it is your strengths are but because you're good at it you love it you enjoy it you're not just doing it because someone's telling you to do it and that brings a whole other energy and so it gives think, you it gives yeah. you energy. I find like because I do what yes. I love, it gives you energy, and you're not drained. I find that people that when they do a job they hate, yeah. they come home and they're just drained. Like they just want to crash, watch TV. But when you're doing something that you love, like I love doing interviews. To me, this energizes me. I don't. I I feel so energized doing an interview, and after an interview, <laughs> I don't feel drained. It's not. No. It's totally opposite of what I see other people doing. That's so true. And I get the same comments as well, like after doing a workshop and stuff, whether it's in person or online, always the first thing I get is your energy is amazing. Your energy is crazy. Like, and I'm like, this is just because it's giving me energy. You said, because yep. I love to do this. People might notice I get animated even in it because yep. I love this stuff. I love to talk about this stuff because I'm, I just naturally teach. That's my, my skill. So it is possible. Not only is it possible, it's where we need to go with the world, because obviously we're currently in a state where 
you know, the, the numbers are horrible. I was reading something today just in the US alone that like 60% of children under 17 are uh, severely depressed. You know, yep. we don't want to be, again, that's not showing you that it's all just the result of the last couple of years. It's a result of the human condition itself. Exactly. So the system itself cannot be fixed. This is what I keep on focusing for people. It's not about fixing the system from within. Believe me, I tried. You can't. They will stop you in any given moment because the system is designed to work the way it does. It's a benefit of a few while the majority get screwed over. We need to not have this. The system needs to come away completely. In order for that to happen, though, we need to remove the belief of authority. 100%. So, so that's, that's the huge lifelong work. that That's ultimately the underpinning of every issue whether it be politics, whether it be people's own parents, whether it be uh, the, the work that they do, their, their bosses, whoever, people always feel like they answer to someone else and they're going to be either rewarded or punished for their behavior. That's that. If you think about what that means to believe in authority, we're not just talking about government being the ultimate one, right. but all forms of authority. Oh, no, if I don't send that email, someone's going to punish me. That's you believing someone has authority over you and what's going to happen in your life, that you are not responsible for what happens in your life. And how many people have this, right? They get anxiety on a, for example, Sunday night. They get that loathing, that anxiety. Yep. Oh, no, Monday morning's coming up. You've got that because you believe so much that somebody else or a group of people has the authority over your life, that if you do something that is not in alignment with what somebody else wants, meaning you're not being true to yourself, you're not honoring yourself, that you will uh, shape your whole life around that, meaning like that, that's, you believe that so much that you will like die for it, basically. But it's, an, it's a complete illusion. But it's a strong one because, again, you literally, from the moment you've been born, whether it be your parents, the school system, and then eventually your work, and also, of course, the government, all of these forms of authority are there to, to make you believe that well, that's right. You're not a sovereign being. You, you are owned by somebody else. Mm -hmm. You do not own yourself. Yep. So tell me, Rick, uh, what does it actually mean to be sovereign? To be sovereign? To... Why? How am I getting the questions now? What is going on here? You just whipped it out on me. What does it mean to be sovereign? Uh, I'm just curious of how, like your your what do you, what's the first thing you think of when you think of the word be, to be a sovereign being? To be free. To to um. That's a I that I can't put it in a sentence. Sovereign to being. To be free. And what is uh, free? In which I, what does freedom look like? Should take me through a day, a normal day. Of a free person. Uh, this okay. Now you got me on the spot here. I got to think about this one. The normal day of a free person. Um, I well, I well, see. It's it's complicated because I just think that you're not answering to people and you're not giving away who you are to another person or to another group of people that you are doing you're 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 living you're not harming anyone you're you're doing what you want to do and it's what you want to do you're not and you're doing it because you want to do it which is very important and you're not being controlled you don't have I, I like i guess a boot on your neck from authority figures and stuff so for me freedom is that that you're living 
you're living a, your purpose and you're not uh, your non-aggression principle. You're not living with that. Like you're living with that. You're not harming anyone else and you're living your freedom and doing what you love. And just that's what it is. I mean, that, 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 you've said it perfectly. I think you've literally painted the perfect picture. That's exactly what it is. And yet that is that image in itself is that the part that's the, the, the hard work, the work that we all need to do, that that's why it's called the great work, is just that belief that that's actually a possibility. That's where pe most people are stuck. They'll hear what you just said and say, well, that's not the way the world is. It'll I've never heard be that. Like that. You know, it'll never be like that. That's just dreaming, whatever. And when you hear, so, so you say you've heard that, when you hear people speak like that, it's because they've genuinely lost that spark for life. I know I come across these people a lot too in, in my workshops, especially when I do ones about like life purpose and stuff. When I see that spark come back, um, Rick, I tell you, it's so fucking liberating. It's like one of the most, because sometimes I'm getting emotional just thinking about it because um, people do really get to a point where they, it's like they've lost their soul. It's like you're looking at somebody with like, there's nothing behind those eyes, you know? I see that. They've yeah. gone so far down the line and, it's honestly, it isn't anyone's fault. It's like we're literally born into this. It's a disgusting, sick system. Yes. I just, um, the point is, though, that it's not like it's inevitable. That's the part where people get stuck. That's why your imagination is your biggest gift. Because if you cannot imagine a world beyond what we currently have in the human condition, then of course nothing will ever change. So that's why being able like even what you're doing like with these talks and everything uh what you do in your work everyone that you speak to even when no one's watching right when you speak to your friends or people you know like every single opportunity that we get to communicate with another or even someone who's listening from who knows where which country here like everything is a learn teach teach learn experience which means that you always have an opportunity for so many people it just takes one conversation mm -hmm. i'm sure you can think of some back in your life some people yep. some things where they really change the way you think. Sometimes it's a book. Sometimes it's a life experience. But that's why we can never give up on that spark. And again, people, they might say to your face, so they might say, Rick, like, oh, Rick, you just, that's a dream, you know, that's yep. the way the world is, you can't change it. But secretly, they'll be like really inspired by you. Secretly, they'll be rooting for you. Secretly, they'll be like, fuck, I wish I could be like Rick because he's really he's got integrity like he he really believes what he's saying he's actually living in alignment with truth and a lot of people they won't admit it straight away but it doesn't matter it's not about them admitting it it's about did they get it or not like are they getting influenced by it or not and i had that quite a few times with people from the corporate world a couple of years later like people that told me i was crazy and making a huge risk they'll come to me later and ask me like how did you do it yeah. Can you tell me how you did it, you know? And it's because people are afraid. They're afraid of ridicule. They're afraid of judgment. They're afraid to be abandoned. That's a huge one. People are so afraid of abandonment, which is why if we come back to shadow work, the only person abandoning you is yourself. So when you stop abandoning yourself, you become superhuman, like literally. Because once you come home to yourself, it doesn't matter what happens in the external world, with who, with what situation, you have so much strength in your core because you know yourself. Yep. You love yourself. You believe in yourself. You have confidence in yourself and you haven't abandoned yourself. And that takes work. Sometimes that takes 
you're sad, you're crying, and you need to literally like hug yourself and say, it's okay, I'm here. Like this is a real practice. This is a practice they'll teach you in like um, psychiatry and so on. It's just like you literally self-soothe. Because yep. like, I also, I've, I've done a lot of studying in neuroscience and psychology and I've seen it work with people. Like literally I'll have them sit there and soothe themselves. Talk to the, talk to yourself. Be with yourself and talk to yourself like the parent you wish you had. Yep. You know, in those moments where you feel most down and really like the whole world's against you, you come home to yourself. You don't abandon yourself and you say, it's okay, you got this. If you feel like crying, it's okay, cry it out. Yep. And you, it's something beautiful happens in that moment. You just let yourself feel and it releases and like you just, this weight comes off your shoulders. So just like you can do it with writing, you can also do it with self-soothing and self-talk. And another one, if like a third option for various people is physical movement. All right, everybody. I hope you guys are enjoying this interview with my amazing guest, Melissa Anatovich, an amazing person, great information that she's uh, talking about in this. And so I hope you guys are enjoying it. I'm just going to pause it there because I do know I got a break coming up in probably less than a minute. So uh, definitely I hope you guys stick around for the second hour because we do cover a lot more topics and we keep going deeper and deeper into a lot of great topics. So I just hope you guys are enjoying it. I had a great time doing this interview uh, and learning so much, and I just hope you guys are enjoying it too. So I just figured I'd, this is probably a good time to stop it, and uh, hope. we'll be back after this break, guys. Radio, freedomslips.com, number one listener supported radio, the printing press for freedom at a time when freedom is needed the most.
I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. I will defend myself against their tyranny. Number three is my radio broadcast. I'm squarely in front of the public all the time, and they all know what's going on. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on for expanding its sphere of influence. Hello, my name is John Wayne. And I do a broadcast here at freedomslips.com, revolution.radio, called The Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1. Freedom and fear are at war. And folks, I assure you, we are in Defense Condition 1, Mission 1, as we journey perilously through this paradigm that we currently reside in. And I ask that you join me every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m., Eastern Standard Time for the Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus o deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator, every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremi pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the grand meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener-supported alternative media radio on the planet. All right, thanks for listening while we take that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. Welcome back, everybody. Second hour here. Hope you guys enjoyed the first hour of this interview I did with Melissa Arnautovich, an amazing person, and really enjoyed doing this interview with her. We covered a lot of great, important topics, and uh, definitely want to have her back on the, the show again because, I mean, I was just scratching the surface uh, when we did this interview. There was so many other topics I had written down that I wanted to cover, and I mean, I could have talked to her for another couple hours easily, but I, you know, I figured, like, we should space it out a little bit because... You know, don't want to make it a four-hour listener or something like that. So definitely going to have her back on, guys, and we're going to be covering a whole bunch of other important topics. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in here for the second hour, and so I want to make sure I get a, this whole interview in. I'm pretty sure I can. So if, I'm going to go ahead and start it up here again, guys. And 
you know, thank you guys so much for joining me here this evening. I appreciate it so much, and uh, I'll definitely uh, touch base with you guys right before the end of the show here, guys. So here is the interview continued with Melissa Arnautovic. Move your body, dance, sing, just go for a walk, anything. But when you move your body, it also gets your it gets the mind moving too. It's like it's the same thing. So it's like if you've got if you're one of those like overthinkers or whatever, go for a walk, dance to your favorite song, like sing to it, like, and you'll see it will it will just work itself out. Like you don't have you don't have to react to everything always going on in your head. Like let it work itself out through physical movement, and it will literally the thoughts will like move out of your body. Right. Um, that's very, that, very, yeah. very true. I love to, I, I love to sing when I'm doing stuff, and I'm not a good <laughs> singer. I'll never say I would never let anyone hear me sing because, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't care though. My wife knows I love to sing. I'm always in the house singing, and and my favorite songs. I love music. It's a very big center for me, oh, yeah. and I yeah. that's why I love talking. Like music, I I can't always be in this mode of research and research and and talking i like i my head would explode to be honest so i need to decompress i call it decompressing so i listen to music or i'm out in my garden or something like that and that's where i kind of do my shadow work too is when i'm outside i just kind of with myself and doing what i do and it's it's so powerful when you start looking in and and start loving yourself um lissa because i do look at a lot of people and i think the way they designed it now and it sounds kind of funny when i say it out loud but i see it People don't even know themselves anymore, they, and they don't love themselves. I, you see it, and I know it's by design. I know we're up against master psychologists. That's what I call them, evil master psychologists that know the human condition so well. And oh, they, yeah. and they know it because they made it. They made it, right. And I love the way that you said that you can't change. Like a lot of people are like, well, how do we change the system? You can't change it from within or change the system because for the system, it's working beautifully. They want the master class. There's no middle class. You got the upper class and you got us, which they look at as slaves. You're exactly. never going to change that because it's beautiful yeah. for them. So yeah. you have to find a way to get around the system is what I call it. So that's a good question for you. How do you how does somebody that's in the system live within the system but not be part of it? Ah. Yeah, I think event, this is the thing. So I've, I've seen both. So I've been in the system for right. a very long time and then out of it. And it's impossible for me to be who I am today, to know who I am, to live the way I do in the system. It's just, I wish I could tell you you could do that, but you can't. You can't. And also, it's, it's again, it's a huge step of responsibility because it's about being real, about like, because what are you really saying when you say, how do you be in the system but not of the system? It's like, well, you're still choosing it, right? You're still choosing it. That's so true. It's, I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Like, it's a risk that people have to take, but it's so worth it. And you can't, because when you're in it, the thing is, everyone around you is, is it? So that it's, it's even harder for you to not feel crazy or feel whatever, because everyone around you is literally an agent of the system. Yep. everyone like so you can't even even if you have just like one friend in the office or something you talk to even that person will turn on you the moment there's some kind of announcement and people got to get laid off or whatever so it's just um because it's infiltrated in all areas of your life so it's yep. just what it what it's what comes with becoming honestly spiritually mature by being who you are and then taking the consequences of that, meaning you may lose people, you may lose comforts, 
you may lose a so-called uh, job in the system, but you, what you're gaining is so, it's so much more than that. Like you're gaining your own dignity, you're gaining your own self-respect, you're gaining your own self-love. There's no amount of money, status, popularity, uh, drugs, whatever in the system that they can like dangle in front of you that is worth this over here, that is worth you being integral, you knowing who you actually are, you living purposefully, you being able to actually sleep like a baby at night <laughs> because yeah. you know that you're doing the right thing. Because again, that's you know, you're in the system. What do people? They can't sleep, so they take sleeping pills, or they drink alcohol, or they smoke some kind of. Uh, how many people are intoxicated with different drugs? Like it's insane. It's just all a perpetuating cycle because because you're not dealing with the problem. The problem being your very lifestyle is revolving around a lie. It's revolving around that which is incongruent with what you know to be true. Yeah. So that's why people have um, distractions, which is like, let me party, let me go on vacations, let me take some kind of drugs, let me drink alcohol. They're all distractions so that you can live with yourself because you're still in the system. So yeah. what I'm saying is, is that even though it seems like it might be some horrible thing for you to detach from the system, it's actually one of the most liberating, beautiful things you can ever do. And by the way, the people or the comforts you're losing along with it, honestly, good rid like good riddance. Like they weren't people that were good for you anyway. That's They're just there as part of that image. They're part of this mirage and you can so see it when you're out of it. And then people in the system will look to you when you're out of it like, my God, look at that free, amazing, how, how are they doing that now? It's like, they don't see the, you know, the cocoon before the butterfly comes out part. And like I said, in the beginning, the shadow work is hard, but then you, you grow to love it because oh, it's yes. just becomes part of knowing that's, that's, that's you maturing in life. So also being in the system is, uh, and, and trying to not be of it is you still, saying and agreeing that you need somebody else to look after you you need somebody else to tell you when to get up to tell you where to go to tell you how much money you're going to make to tell you what is important to you because remember what you give most of your time and energy to is what you class as important yep. that's why i said about core values like most people have junk values not core values not real values junk values is I want to make this much money. I want to make sure I can buy a Louis Vuitton bag. I want to go to Dubai on vacation. I want to, you know, sleep with lots of people. I want to go to these clubs and buy uh, champagne or whatever. That's junk values. There's, sure. there's nothing valuable about that. Their experiences you can have, whatever, but they're not values. Core values is things like knowing who you actually are and then what are your values. So for me, for example, my values are integrity, freedom. How is uh, how, how can we bring more unity? So that's why it's, uh, community is a huge thing for me. I'm always trying to get people to learn how to work with one another because there's there's no there's there's no humanity without each other. You know, um, lifelong learning is a huge value of mine. So I'm spending always a huge time alone. Nature is a huge value of mine. As you said, the time you spend de decomposing every morning without fail, I spend two to three hours outside in nature walking around enjoying myself and i always experience something every day something most new people, yeah and most people when they're in the system and still hear me say sorry you go for a walk for like two three hours and like what are you doing for two three hours they can't even comprehend just yep. going for a walk with no agenda for two three hours they can't even envision that daily because they don't have that time it's been stripped away from them right, right. and because they're being told what to do 
And so it's a, it's a whole other existence. Right. It's a better existence. Um, Honestly, yeah. you have to get rid of the illusion of the comforts in the system. So, okay. sorry, the answer, you can't be in the system and not of the system. Your choice is either you're in it or you're not in it. You can't half-ass it. You've got to be real. You've got to take responsibility, become spiritually mature, and, and become an adult. Decide for yourself. Do I want to contribute to a system that I know is corrupt and that is harming and perpetuating the human condition of slavery? Because that's what you're doing. Or... Do I want to create something completely different and better for humanity and finally change the human condition into a beautiful paradise that this planet was supposed to be where we're all free, we're all living our purpose, and we get to enjoy the thousand things we can enjoy without harming another human being. There are a thousand things you can do without harming another. Right. So, And how can we do that and create that? Like Those are two completely different focuses. Oh, for sure. That's why you... You see what I mean? Right, for sure. And and I and I talk to a lot of people and I and they say they want what's funny is they say they want to change and they want the system to change. And I meet a lot of people like this. They're, they they yeah. want it to change, but they're not willing to make any sacrifice or do anything to help this change. Exactly. Exactly. They they don't they, and, and then I talk to other people, like during, especially with here in Canada with the, the um, convoys and stuff like that. I talk to mm-hmm. a lot of people, and they're and they're at these, and they're like, nothing is changing. I hear that a lot. That you know, nothing is changing. There, people are protesting. Nothing is changing, and I always tell them that because the government is based in it's immoral and it's it's um, based in deception and coercion, which makes it wrong all around. That you're not going to vote. This isn't a voting problem. We're not going to vote our way out of the situation that we're in. It hasn't worked in the past. It's not going to work now, and it won't work in the future. Is it? It just by design it can't. And so I try to tell people that what we're talking about that they have to start changing. They have to start to change in yourself if you want to change it. We can't vote this away. It's it's a it's a it's a consciousness problem. That's what I see. It's people aren't conscious. Exactly. That is a consciousness problem. That's why all of my work is based around expanding consciousness. That's what that means. You cannot create something different from the same level of consciousness. So you gave a great example there. I could talk about 50 things of what you just said about the, (laughs) the, the convoy and all that, right? Here's the mentality around that. Number one is that I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and cheer on those people. Hey, you're fighting for our freedoms. You're awesome. What the hell are you doing? So it's a cop out, right? Now, that's one thing. The people that support, let's say, protesting, whatever, or people that uh, there's a whole other school of thought, which is people supporting like a some kind of saint or angel that's going to come and, and save the world. And they're just sitting at home waiting. Any day now. Any day. Any day we're going to be saved. And in the meantime, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here, yep. right? And again, that's the system winning. As you said, the master psychologists, that they're laughing at you because they're like, yeah, perfect. You're not doing anything. That's the point. Okay. So secondly, you were talking about the whole point of um, protesting, which is about like changing votes. So think, again, think of the mentality. If I'm a free sovereign human being, would I be going to a building that claims they have authority over how I live my life, standing in front of it like a little angry child and going, hey, dad, hey, mom, I want my freedom back. Yeah. <laughs> and I want it back. <laughs> Two times while I'm yelling now, my, my neighbors come off. <laughs> 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 oh my, well, I'm, 
It's like, <laughs> you see what I'm, I'm trying to portray, like how this looks in my, from a different level of consciousness, okay? Is what you're literally, this is what they're seeing. They're laughing at you yep. because they're seeing, they know nothing's going to change. They know they're not going to change nothing. And they know that you are focusing on the wrong things because you still believe that going and knocking on their door, looking up to them and saying, hey, mom, dad, can you please give me my freedom back now? Like whether you say it in an angry way or a nice way, you are still giving them your power. Okay. So so that is a huge mentality shift that needs to happen, like in the sense of they do not own you. I'll give you a real life example of here where we had extreme measures in terms of uh, mandating the thing. And there was a lot of uh, threats and so on, like real threats. I had uh, letters coming to me and stuff like really threatening things. But me as a human of higher consciousness, I'm like, you can threaten me all you want. I know my inherent rights from the creator, not from you, right? right? Meaning, do what you want. Like, if you want to come and knock on my door and try and try and take me, all right. Like, that's, <laughs> if that's, a, that's what I'm saying is this is the process you have to go through in your head because this is what happens to people. They'll get the letter or they'll see the new horrible news porn, you know, the, the newest uh, regulation or whatever, and they'll go, oh, <gasps> And then they react to that, but nothing has happened yet. They're reacting to the narrative. They're reacting to an image. It's not real. And that's what these uh, master psychologists feed off of. They, they only achieve anything they achieve because you believe it. Right. So the, back to the example I had, they were going to, we were one of the only countries here in Europe that were literally in, going to enforce the thing. And if not imprisonment or fines, right? Like really tyrannical measures wow. and yeah. it fell through they couldn't go ahead with it because of course it's immoral it goes against natural law and what people don't realize is what they were trying to do is to scare you enough to go ahead and do it anyway that's it they know that they can't impose it on you this is what people need to realize they actually cannot impose it on you unless they physically come and restrain you and do something right, which of which then you have the right to defend yourself, right? Other than that, it's just threats. It's, it's narrative and images, and people respond to the narrative and images. And when you start to learn how to not respond to that initial reaction you got of, of fear, like, oh, no, no, what's going to happen? I'm going to lose my job with this and that. And then, and then you react. And I actually had this with a few people, like, that were worried. For example, like, I had people in my life that were at certain jobs or whatever, and immediately the, t the first time they would hear one of these news, they would be really distraught. And they would say to me, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to be coerced into doing something I don't want to do, but I feel like I have nowhere. And I'm like, breathe. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Breathe. They can't make you do anything. And literally, like three days later, they would come to that realization themselves and they would see in the real reality that it didn't come to fruition. But it would just, it, all it takes is that little people sitting on the fence and they're trying to push you off the fence with fear, right? So that is just, I'm sorry if that took a bit. I just really wanted no, to that's explain perfect. that because it's really, um, that is a huge thing right now is that people just sort of knee-jerk react to fear, but nothing has actually changed in reality. They're just responding to their own fear. Yep. And that's how they're actually getting you. I, ta I talk about that a lot, actually, Melissa, that they keep us in that state of fear. 
And when you're in that state of fear, you're not thinking consciously. You're you're in a reactive state. Exactly. And so how that and they do it by design. I always say that everything happens by design. I know it does because they've always got the yeah. next fear lined up. So I mean, the, you know, you jump from one fear oh, to the yeah. next. It's always one fear to the next, and they're keeping people off balance for one thing by keep pushing this fear, and then you're in that fear state, so you're not consciously thinking, and then you're reacting, and nothing is going to get. They have you where they want. They own you. If you're in that state, Correct. the system owns you. Which they, many people are, and they do this. They plan this like 20 years in advance, if yes. not longer. So, as you said, it's not. Uh, what, what they do is they plan it in advance, and then they they uh, adjust it based on your reaction. Yep. So that's the part where you have the power, is your reaction. Yep. Right. And they, and that's the thing I try to tell people that like and I like the way you said that. Just take a breath and kind of slow down and and just think about it because it's it, you're reacting to something that hasn't even happened yet. And then, oh, I see you messing with stuff now. There you go. You're back. But no, that, that, but it's so true what you say. And, and I think people have to, and it, that's why I keep saying it's a, it's a morality problem. It's, this isn't a voting yeah. problem. It's not, uh, nope. it's a morality and a consciousness problem. And I think that people that it all boils back to me, for me, the shadow work that we were talking about, that people have to start doing the work on themselves and then the, when you do that, then you're going to see how ridiculous the system really is. And then exactly. it, and then you get angry. I know I did because I got really angry because oh. then I see what they're doing to people. And the, and it's so – they got – like I said, they got us pegged. And, and I just – it's a dangerous position that we're in right now. And I, that's why I think it's great that you're doing the work, the, the great work, and I am and all, a lot of other great people. And because we have to get that out there to people. They have to start – I always tell people, trust yourself. Like you have to say, and I, as we were talking about earlier, I don't think people even know themselves anymore. They yeah. don't love themselves, and they're just in this state of fear constantly. And right. they want you there. They want you part of this system, and that's how they keep you in it. And we have to, people have to start. I like when you, I was hearing an interview that you were doing with uh, Will and um, Mr. Roland, and uh, – you got you were talking about community and i think that's i'm trying to do that in yeah. my community now i'm trying to i i'm getting to know all i know a lot of my neighbors but i'm trying to broaden that and yeah. meet more people in that because i think what was especially over the last couple of years we've lost is this ability to communicate in person yeah. it's all technical now right we're like it's great that we're doing what we're doing i mean you live yeah. in austria and we're doing this it's amazing yeah. technology has a purpose and i'll never say it I doesn't agree. but they're definitely trying to put a wedge, I think, in so many different ways. This is another tangent we could go on, but I think they're putting a wedge between families, uh, between husband and wife, their wife and husband, and children. What is wife and husband, right? What does it mean to be a man or a woman anymore? You can't even talk about you that, can't. right? Because you can't. Everything, is, everything is just fluid, yep. right? <laughs> yeah, and that's crazy. And then, I, But uh, the community part, I think, I, and I've heard you talk about it, is like let people know how important that is. We have to start going out Matthew. and interacting with people. I know I do. I get right in their face yep. and I talk to them. I'm like, we're doing this. <laughs> because it's, uh, yeah, I'm glad you are doing that and it is really important because, um, and as you said, this is a whole topic, but to make it kind of like uh, short is that basically Again, this is also by design, and this whole metaverse thing is not out of nowhere. This was always planned. Yep. Basically, it will be that everything will become virtual, and not only will everything be virtual, is that you will have like a double 
like you'll have a uh, a sort of avatar version of you that lives in this virtual world and you you're a vegetable in real life you just literally lay you know you lay on your your couch with the goggles on and that's it you never see anyone ever do anything and you know long story short that means that you can live forever in the virtual space which means your soul is trapped there forever right now if that's not at least a little bit of a sort of wake-up call <laughs> for some people if they don't want their soul to be trapped you know because that is one thing like reincarnation is a real thing you know we crossing over our soul evolution is a real thing and that is their ultimate goal that's what i've like that's from all of my research and stuff what i'm coming to realize and teaching more of as well is that they literally want to because the negatively oriented beings, the people that control this world, they know karma is real. They know natural law is real and they know that they cannot escape it. And the only way that they can delay their inevitable, you know, judgment is by not dying in physical form. Okay. Yep. That's why you always hear, you know, live forever, biohacking, live longer, whatever, right? Or live forever machine. That's what they want to do with the metaverse is that they want to make it so that you can't necessarily physically die in this lifetime because you're then trapped as a soul to, too not just physically so soul and that. so going to the point about community it's critical for everything i mean where do we even start your mental health your physical health your emotional health the fact that we actually the fact that you cultivating relationships like you said doing this for example for teaching and sharing knowledge i think the internet has been the best for that i love sure. that i can reach so many people for educational stuff and also to meet new people you know beautiful people like yourself that, that are on doing this work too at the same time we have innate human needs and those needs include physical touch physical sensations being connected with objective reality like what is a real tree versus what is a picture of a tree okay and I also want you to think about how disconnected it makes us from nature, not just each other, right? What good is a virtual, you know, sneaker? Now, now they're doing those, oh, buy virtual real estate. I don't buy get that either. Revenue. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> like, do that, right? How are you going to eat that? How are you going to protect yourself with that? How are you going to clothe yourself with that? Like, you still need to actually live. It's, so it's, again, it's completely degrading your actual existence. And to bring it back to the bigger picture is that you incarnated here in a physical human body for a reason. And it was not to be trapped in a mental metaverse. I can, I can assure you of that. Yep. It was to use your physical body. How do you do that? With physical movement, with connecting with Mother Earth and connecting with each other. The reason why they're making us disconnect with each other in community is because our power comes from our energy when we're together exactly so when you're in a room like you said when you speak with someone in person and that's what i still do and even the workshops i do when there's a group of people something just shifts more like energy just makes people think different feel different like instantaneously like sometimes all you need to do is just you know look at someone in the eyes for a few seconds and they're like they have like an experience yep. you know you can't do that online. You can't replace that online. It's also why people are so devoid now of any emotion. They feel numb. They feel depressed. So they try to uh, stimulate their brain. Okay. If you want to just stimulate your brain and you want to stimulate oxytocin, uh, dopamine, um, and so on, to, to just stimulate chemicals, that's what you use, like our social media clicking, buy things, 
take drugs, take alcohol, substances, whatever. Naturally, ways to stimulate that that's actually long-term and not addictive is simply through being engaged with life. Yeah. Like, do you hear the bird singing? Like, do you see the squirrel like running past you? Yeah. Have you shared a hug with someone that's really meaningful and literally just sat and spoke with them for half an hour without fucking looking at your phone or trying to post a picture? Like, I observe human behavior all the time. And I live in a place that's quite uh, uh, touristic. Mozart was born here, so it's quite touristic. And um, there was a huge group of tourists today. There's this beautiful cherry tree, and it's in bloom. They have these, like, it has, like, oh, these pink sounds ama- Right, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And it was like, it's like, yeah, it's just a beautiful cherry tree. And so I'm sitting in this park where this cherry tree is, like, having my breakfast, enjoying the nature. Yeah. And I can't tell you the... 50 tourists that walk past just to run in front of that tree, take a picture of themselves posing some some which way, and then going on with their day. And I think some of these people are like from the US, from Japan, from all over. I'm like, you flew all the way over here, right? Just think about it. <laughs> yeah. To pose in front of something, to take a picture, to run away so that you can get back into that virtual world. Be here. Be present. Like, that's why people are so deprived and so loathing of themselves because they're seeking this constant validation online. You're not going to, it's nothing. These likes, these friends, you so-called have online, they know this brings them no intrinsic meaning and that's because they don't know themselves Then, they, or they don't have any real community. That's why people are so easily um, offended in, in the, today. That's why we have oh, this yeah, it's crazy. new generation <laughs> that's so easily offended because their whole identity is based on a comment someone put on that, like, hello, if you had any real-life experience. Yep. Someone's comment on fucking Facebook is not going to destroy your world. But that's the world we live in today, right? So people are extremely uh, 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 frail and vulnerable in their essence because they don't know who they are and they don't have any real community and they don't experience real life. So, yes, when you cultivate these real relationships, it's also what gives you real memories in life. Like, I have some of the most deep, profound memories. Like, if I told you them, you'd be like, that's not true. That's, like, from a movie or whatever. No right. one would know. But I know they've what made my life fulfilling. Not because I posted about them or shared, like, everything. But because I was so fully engaged in the moment with where I was, with the people and whatever. That it's just, like, where you experience the most magical connection with the divine. That can't come through a screen. No, it can't. No, you're 100% right. It can't. And that, I try to tell people that. I'm always telling people to go outside and get it. Like, just go out and sit outside for even a half an hour. I don't even care if it's 20 minutes. Go exactly. outside and just connect with nature. And I and we both know, and I think a lot of people even listening know, that they are driving a wedge into that. They are trying to keep us away from connecting with nature. And I think a lot of what's happened over the last couple of years with this whole pandemic is that they're further driving that wedge. And you see it in so many ways that they they want you in the house and then they want you wearing a mask, which don't even get me started on the mask. I can't even imagine the damage we're going to see the children down the it's road. Think it's about gonna... it, two years. There's some children... Talk about, talk about that. That is a major. I don't think so people there's... realize how important this is, that this is it's causing damage. It's, it's not natural. <laughs> so first of all, if you do not want, if you have children or you influence children around you, if you do not want to raise psychopaths, I mean literally, mm-hmm. they need to learn facial expressions exactly. because that's how we socially learn whether or not somebody is in pain, if they're happy, if they are uh, in agreement. That is how we learn social skills. 
is it's literally 80% is facial expressions. And that's also why, for example, I love, even when I do online stuff, I either send, you can ask anyone, I'll send voice messages or I'm doing video. I will never do, I keep anything that's texting or email to a minimum because that is not communication. I call, I call it a dead language. That's what I call texting because there's no emotion behind it. There's not. And you can, again, like, there, you can verify this with any, anybody. And I've had this because I've been doing this for years. People always remember the conversations they've had with me. They remember, like, me, moments we've had because they were not a text. Because yep. they're real things. You need to hear someone's tonality. You need to see their facial expressions. You need to see the entire body language. So, so communication is a whole workshop I teach. But to be really, just really quick, there's three components to communication. Verbal. Uh, visual and content. Most people will say content is the most important thing, but no. it's the least important. Okay, yeah. it's actually which one do you think is the biggest one? I think the second one. Uh, visual, right? Visual. Yeah. That's so what visual, I think. That's it what is. I think. You are correct. Visual is fifty-five percent of how we literally receive a message. Just think about this for a second when you're sending a text message. We understand and comprehend a message that someone's sending to us through communication. 55% of that message is comprehended through visual. Uh, 30, I think it was 37% or something is vocal. Mm -hmm. And only 7% is content. That's it. So think, what is a text message? It's only content. It's only content, yeah. So you're, you're, you could be misunderstanding 93% of that intended message. That's my point. So in a world where everyone's like, oh, I have no real friends, or I can't find a proper meaningful relationship, or how can you when all you're ever doing is texting with people? That is not creating a real relationship with anyone. Yeah. So back to your point about the children. There are kids at the moment that have experienced in the last two years, they have never seen a face that has not been completely half covered up. I want you to really think about that. If we're learning visually and vocally, 93% uh, is visual and vocal, right? Think about how much is lost in their comprehension of social skills, which is, again, one of the most important skills of the world because we do everything through interpersonal skills. Everything you do is with other people, right? Yep. And literally the other day I saw a group of kids. It made me cry. We had our first outdoor live music event in two years. Wow. First one was on Friday. That's crazy. And I was, yeah, I was getting like feeling this surreal, I was like, oh my God, I hear live music. And it's just, first of all, it's beautiful. And secondly, I had this, I had anger coming up. I was like, I can't believe what they've taken away from yep. us. Two fucking, two years we've not ha heard music out on the streets. And they know, they do that on purpose too, yep. because music raises consciousness, yep. right? And it brings and uplifts people together. And there was this group of kids that walks past, and I literally witnessed a couple of the kids, like, uh, experiencing for the first time live music. They'd never experienced it. Wow. Two, like, you know, toddlers. And I was like, and I was like, exactly. That is what, that is the, that is the, we're not even beginning to see the depth of trauma like that, that children have now gone through, not understanding what real life is. Like, they, they think this is normal. On top of that, a lot of kids are afraid, okay, to not wear the mask anymore. Yep. One, there was kids that were literally because they, because again, we're social creatures. So children that, for example, got an exemption from their parents that did the right mm -hmm. thing and like, were like, you know, they, they got some kind of exemption so their child didn't have to wear it. The child would literally say, uh, 
but that's not fair because all the other kids are, are wearing it and now I feel like weird. So now they feel peer pressured to, to, yep. to you know, to, you see, so it's all, it's, it's, it's in all areas. And also there are not only children, I've seen this with adults that continue to wear it. We only had the mandate lifted. I'm not kidding you again. After two years, it was literally only lifted about three days ago. The mask. Wow. Ours has been about a month. About a month yeah. ago, and they're still wearing masks. They're actually fighting. Exactly, they're wearing. fighting. They're fighting. There's a group in my town fighting to get the mandate right. brought back in to wear it. I'm just like, this yeah. is crazy. Because, because first of all, they're so bought into the fear that they actually think that for, if you're afraid to breathe <laughs> air, yeah. you are literally fighting the very meaning of existence. So you've got your whole load of psych. This is something we used to call a uh, sorry. Hypochondriac. Yep. Have you ever heard of this yes, term? Yes, yes. We used to call a hypochondriac, which is somebody who always thought that they were going to get sick or ill or they had some kind of diseases that they, they made up in their heads. Yep. That used to be called an illness. Now it's a normal person constantly having disinfectant on their hands, wearing the mask, like scared to go anywhere near. That's not healthy. That's not a healthy, flourishing person. Um, again, even adults that don't want to take off the mask and because they actually loathe themselves again they don't like the way they look so they actually enjoy hiding their face behind a mask so that brings us back to the shadow work aspect which is that now it's again feeding on people's insecurities they're getting what they want indirectly which is that some people literally hate themselves so much that they're like i'd rather hide half my face all day actually even though i can't breathe and i have to wear this thing all day and it's actually constricting my breathing and it's not helping me and um it's very unhealthy uh, and it doesn't do anything, by the way. Um, they'd rather do that because they don't want to show their actual face. Right. So the psychological impact has been huge. We're only just seeing the beginnings of it. I agree. Uh, when it comes to the kids, uh, it's really it's not a way to teach your children what real life is. It's not a way to teach them any form of real life skills. It is teaching them that life itself is dangerous. It's teaching them that life itself is something horrible, something to be afraid of. It causes all kinds of um, issues that out of nothing. So it's, and, and again, it's not actually helping your children. I want to be really clear here. It's harming them. It's not helping them. Right. The masks do nothing. We've known this for years. You can actually even hear it directly from neurosurgeons and heart surgeons that have said the very masks that they wear the only reason that they wear them is just that in case there's not any, you know, like spit or something that falls right. out their mouth on an open wound. That's it. Not because it can stop any bacteria or viruses coming through. Right. So, but the thing is, a lot of people won't even listen to evidence anymore because it's just so, once a belief is in there, it's a belief. A belief is so powerful, it creates your reality. That is totally true. Yep. Um, a belief is hard belief, to break. That's a tough one to break right. on people. It is, but a belief is only a thought you continue to think. That's all it is. So when you start to cultivate and think different thoughts and start to train your mind to think different thoughts, so every time the thought comes up, oh, no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm scared if I don't wear the mask or I'm scared of, of whatever, catch it. That's the first, that's the, it's a practice. You have to catch it. You have to confront it. Is this true? No, it's not true. Change the thought. And every time you do that, you're creating literally new synapses in your brain, new neural connections that will create new beliefs and that will create new reality for you. This is all science. But 
in the, and that power is within you. It's yep. not anybody else that's like saying to you, that's going to change it for you. You have to change it yourself. Right. And it's something that has, it's in your daily habits. It's in your that, daily that's habits. how would I, uh, that's so powerful what you said, Alyssa, because it's the same way when you said that you got to catch yourself. I, I'm constantly doing that because it's so ingrained. They, they're putting it so badly into our brains that you'd start, you don't even realize you're doing it, but when you become aware of it and you, yeah. I do, I catch myself now because I'll want to do something. I'll be like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough to do that. And I and it's so quick how that comes out and then I have to catch myself. I'm like, "Wait, whoa, like where did that come from?" And so every time I catch myself, it's like you said, you're reprogramming. You're you're getting, you know, you're putting the good things in and getting rid of that uh that negative that's in there. It's incredible when you start being aware of it. That's perfect. You you're doing that is the work. That is and literally reprogram your your brain is a supercomputer. And yep. you can either let it be programmed by other people or you can program it yourself. But either way, it's going to be programmed because that's how it's designed. Right. So when you talk about like reprogramming, you know, some people might, it sounds a bit, you know, oh, programming. And it's the nature of how your brain works. So it's when true. you understand your brain, then you can understand how to reprogram yourself. And you can't stop your thoughts. Then you'd be super clear. You have a new thought every three seconds. So wow. if you think, if you're going to make it a full-time job to try and stop your thinking, <laughs> well, that's not going to, so you can stop right there. It's not about stopping your thoughts, but it's about doing what you just said. That's it. That's all you've got to keep doing is what you, what you said you're doing. It's just a constant practice. Catch it, change it, catch it, change it. I always used to have that as well with a, uh, I do really big hikes here because there's lots of beautiful mountains and growing up in London there were no mountains so I really enjoy the mountains <laughs> here and uh, when I'm doing a really hard mountain I used to always say like I, I don't know if you ever like you say you say to yourself like oh, I can't do this I can't do oh, this yeah all the time <laughs> and I would change it to I am doing it it's not even I can do it like I am literally climbing the mountain and I would start laughing because it's like you're literally in the middle of doing it so it's yep. not even true to say I can't do it or I can do it. It's I am doing it. So I'd literally just shift to I am doing this. I am doing this. And it's so bizarre because literally within a second, you get like this extra spurge of energy because, again, your thoughts, they create energy patterns. And so, um, yeah, you're, you're doing that's the perfect work. The fact that you're aware of it. You see, a lot of people mis misunderstand like as if awareness is some small thing and awareness is like 90 percent of the that's work huge because yep. that's your conscious your conscious is your prefrontal cortex which is only five where you spend five percent of your time during the day 95 percent of your time approximately is spent in your subconscious which is what autopilot just doing the same things so every time you you've activated your prefrontal cortex yes it takes work it takes conscious effort it takes coming out of autopilot into consciousness which again there's many tools for for example counting the moment you start counting like five four three two one you can do that too you can shift because you you have to focus on something logical right. so anything that need, may like that's why learning is so powerful because every time you're learning you're in a conscious state you're in that you're in that prefrontal court you're not in autopilot right so anytime you're doing something that is pure autopilot you're not going to be catching it out because you're in it. You're just going through it. It's like a hypnosis state, you see. Yep. It's very powerful. You can be wrong. I mean, think about it. Like, uh, Have you ever had it happen that you you smell, uh, you smell, recognize like a smell, like a perfume or something, someone walks yep. past you and, and you and it just hits you, like, and a memory comes to you from like way back, like 20 yep. years ago or something? Yep. 
That is how powerful your subconscious is. You have no idea. Your subconscious holds so much more wisdom than you can imagine. So much. But becoming conscious of aspects of it and changing and reprogramming that subconscious is the work. That is you becoming aware and changing the program. Right. So, um, and that's the work people don't want to do is that they're happy. I, a lot of people, I think, are happy in this autopilot state, which is crazy to me that they are. But I get how they – like I always said, what was kind of funny, I was talking to somebody and I said, I don't understand how people cannot see what's going on and they're in this state of being in a trance. And then he, I was really happy because they corrected me and, and they were like – they said, you know, you know exactly how they, they are in this state because at one time you were in that state before yeah. you became aware. They're like, you know, what, what, how did you get in that state? And I was like, well, it's true. I was, you know, I didn't think about things. I was just doing what I was told I, I should be doing and spending my time watching movies and just doing pointless things. And then I slowly came out of that. So I, I, I like the way I was corrected by that. And I like to tell people that, that I do get now how the people are in this state because it, the whole system is designed to keep you in that state. So you have to become aware that they're doing this to you, which I yeah. think a lot of people don't want. I talk to people and they're like, the government would never do this to their people. And, and I'm just like, whoa, I don't know, man. You got to open a history book or something because the government's full of doing things to people. But they still have this, yeah. they're hanging on to this belief that the government's here to help them. And I just, that's a tough one. So I guess the good way to end this, because I know I've been keeping you for a while. I do apologize. I could talk to you that's all day. So I know I could talk to you all day, Melissa. It's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, but how do, so how do we, I guess a great way to end it would be is how can we, uh, get people on the path to seeing what's going on around them and waking up. I, I use that term very loosely. I don't really like waking up that term. Yeah. Me neither. I know. Right. They've kind of, yeah, they kind of stole it, but how do we, how do people start getting on that path to, to, to becoming aware and, you know, being honest and seeing what's going on in the world and then start making the change. I think that's a great way to end it with some positivity. I agree. And, 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 but it is, that's the thing. It is positive and it is optimistic in the sense that you, just your openness for further possibilities is the place to start. But we have to start small. It's definitely too overwhelming to just throw all this stuff at people. So what I always do is start small in, this is the best way is, what are you already curious about? Okay, what is naturally draws your curiosity? You must be curious about something. And starting small, like with a book, like what is one book somebody could read that kind of brings them into it, but not that it, so for example, you may not want to completely start with, you know, government is slavery, but you want to start with a book like, you know, the one I recommended to you, uh, Dr. David Hawkins, Power right. versus Force, which explains to you simply levels of consciousness in how they affect our lives, meaning our emotional states. When you hear that, that actually sounds a bit more just kind of like, oh, okay, how can I better understand my, my own emotions mm -hmm. and to live a healthy life? In, incorporated in it, though, is a lot of expansive material. So it's, it's, it's stepping stones like that. Or, for example, a book like uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which is what, how I first got introduced into what the ego even is. That was my one of That's my That's a first, huge uh, one, right? Yeah. And that was from my early days, like you said, from when we were also still just in that autopilot. That book was for me the first just kind of nugget of, oh, there is this voice that's actually not mine in my head that I don't have to identify with. 
like that's actually starting small that's not a some woo woo out there like you know human condition slavery aliens and all that it's just talking about your own condition like your emotions your thoughts for me that's always a great small place to begin is simply do you want your life to be better and more fulfilling do you want to experience more peace and joy in your life most people will say they want to experience more peace yeah. especially the people that are have anxiety which is many most people that experience depression want to experience love or joy so if you want to experience more peace and love okay how do you get to that state so you feed them with a the thing that will lead them to what it is they want so for, i would say it's that start with small things like books that introduce you to better ways of living but are also kind of leading you into those concepts step by step so I started with the I started with Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now, yep. and that opened a whole world for me. I never stopped learning after that. Right, and I, I agree. I think small steps because as we we're talking off air, I I told you when I, I sometimes when I talk to people, I go right at them. Like I just want to download everything I know and uh -huh. give it to them in one soundbite kind of thing. And then I learned very quickly that. You know, we're not all on the same level. We're kind of some people no. are up here and that, so you can't hit them. You see where you see where you can do it. So, for example, there was one person that I could help about um, not being coerced into doing something with their body. Yeah, so that was a victory. But for example, I tested them with: Do they understand the whole thing about chemtrails? And they're not there, right? They're not, <laughs> so they're like, right. they don't they don't get it. They're like, what? They think it's still water vapor. So it's like, again, like you said, testing, ah, okay, but not going overboard. And I know it's, look, I get it. I know it's hard at this point. I get just as frustrated in the sense that like, wow, how much is it going to take for people? But we also can't shoot ourselves in the foot by then just completely, we can't, the point is we can't give up because there is no other way other than to do this is our, for those of us that have chosen it, it's our mission, it's our purpose. It's honestly a driver. So right. the more I see like the evil in the world, the more it actually drives me. Um, to help people become more conscious of it. And so, yeah, it's just using different small ways. And for those that you really feel like you're hitting a brick wall, perhaps it's not you. Perhaps they need to hear it from someone else. I can't tell you the amount of people where I told them something and five years later, they hear the same thing from someone else. And they're like, yep. I had this thing that changed my life today. And I'm like, I told you this five years ago. <laughs> so, so also who? The messenger is super important. Yep. So maybe you have some people in your life where you're like, Okay, they won't hear this from me, but maybe there's a book or a different kind of lecture, YouTube video, something you could send them that's just like, you might like this uh, version of it, maybe a documentary or something, you know what I mean? Right. And that, that's always also the messenger is a huge one for people. For some reason it is. It's who is delivering the message. Unfortunately, there's the whole thing about resonance. Who do people resonate with who? They're not really looking at the message. They also care about the messenger. So sometimes it's also just about who do you recommend to them, you know? Right. I agree because I do know that I've recommended some people that I'm that I'm talking with a lot. Uh, I I learn a lot from Mark Passio, as I've told you. I, I I love his work, and that's where I really got learned about a lot of this and really dove deep into it. But some people I send to Mark, they don't like his teaching style because he's very blunt, and I like that. I like that that direct in your face and that kick in the ass that he, he gives people. Okay. So I like that, but I've sent people to him to watch some of his presentations and they're just like, he's so angry and mean and they see it totally different. So that's a great advice that you don't have to go to one person, seek out the information from a lot of different people. Cause not every, you know, you know, one way doesn't work for everybody. One presenter doesn't work for everybody. Correct. And that's, and that's also the beauty in it. That's why we're all different. And that's also why to anyone listening to, you also can make a difference. 
Meaning exactly. that just because there's someone teaching or talking about something that you may want to talk about does not mean that the job's done. Everyone does things in their unique way. And you can deliver a message to a person that somebody else can't in a way that only you can do it. So never think of just because there's someone that's already talking about similar topics that you can't also cover it. Right. Because you're always going to give it a different angle that somebody else really needed in a moment of need. And I'm telling you, to really make it like from a positive perspective, you'll get messages. I sometimes get messages from people like that were suicidal or really at the last end of their life. And they'll send me some random message like they watched one video and I, I say, you know, they'll tell me like, you know, I stopped myself from doing something really bad because of your words and I'm like holy crap you know and to me it would have just been like a that's a so powerful video. right so you really never forget who you you really are always impacting people that you don't even know you know right yeah that's so true and I love the way you said that that you know put your own word out there like yeah it's like and I think a lot of people stop at that I know I did for years I'm as guilty as charged on that I was taking in this information and I was uh processing mm -hmm. it but I wasn't putting anything out I was like, and I just kept taking knowledge in and I didn't, then I realized that that's not, taking it in and understanding it is not the end. Then you have to start putting it out there. So that's, that's great wisdom. advice. That's wisdom. Yeah, the trivium, right? And then that's what I tell people. Like the, you've done, the, you've done, I know a lot of people that are taking this in and learning it, but they're not putting it out there. And so that's, you know, that, but we can talk about that if I, I, I want to definitely invite you back again, Melissa, to come back. Cause I, like yeah, I said, I could well. talk to you for hours about so many <laughs> topics. I feel like I haven't touched on half the things that I, I want to, but, uh, well, actually There's I did touch it. I touched, yeah, I touched on a lot, a lot, actually. I'm looking at my little <laughs> bullet points. So I, it was amazing. So to, just wrap it up. Can you, I'll give you the floor. Let everybody know where they can find your work, uh, your websites, anything oh, yeah. that you have. Yeah, my website is the best place to go. There's several links there because I also have like podcasts and YouTube and uh, courses and stuff like that. So website simplest is livingtraininggeurope.com, living without the G, so L-I-V-I-N, trainingeurope.com. Um, and that's where you can find all the details. And I just want to tell you, I really enjoyed this and I think it's fantastic what you're doing. And I want to acknowledge you and say thank you. To you as well for using your voice and putting your spot. Oh, well, thank you so much. I had a great time, and as I said, you're always welcome back. Always welcome back, back to, to come and <laughs> oh, I'll be back. That'll be great because uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to continue this conversation. And just to let you know that I am going to be playing this interview. I have my radio show tomorrow night on Revolution Radio, and I will play this. Uh, so people, I can get the message out to that group. You know, there's a kind of a different group that are on the radio part. So I'm going to just play this interview that we did so I can get your word out to, to everybody there. That's beautiful. Thank yeah, you. You're very welcome. And keep doing the great work, Melissa. And I'll definitely keep uh, checking. I'm going to go check your website out. I'll make a link in the bottom here in the description so everybody can find it. And uh, I'll keep in contact with you for sure. It was great having you here. Thank you. Thank All right. You. Have a great day. Take care, dear. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, there we have it. My great, amazing interview with the one and only Melissa. And her last name is crazy. It took me so long to pronounce it. Melissa Arnautovich. And I, I've been practicing that, that last name forever. That is a, a tongue twister, but I'm getting better at it, guys. But, yeah, what an incredible uh, uh, lady to talk to and cover all these topics with and i am really excited to get her back on for uh, definitely another show because i have still a few like i was saying bullet points i love to go over with and it's just amazing talking to her so i hope you guys did enjoy 
uh, the interview as much as I did because I thought it was incredible stuff that we were talking about and important stuff that needs to be talked about and discussed. So uh, it was really a, a great time. And uh, just because I got a couple of minutes to wrap up, I should let everyone know. Uh, I like to let everyone know as much as I can, you know, that here at Revolution Radio, it is listener supported. And I, I think that's so important. It's an, an incredible thing when you have people uh, supporting something like this that is keeping freedom alive and freedom of speech alive and all the things that, you know, the elites of these world are trying and these power hungry people of the world are trying to shut down and silence. This is the thing that they don't want is somewhere that people can go and hear the truth and hear topics that other platforms don't allow <laughs> and don't even talk about, you know, and so I think that's amazing. So if you can support guys, uh, any donation is greatly appreciated. There is cryptocurrency. As I keep saying, you got Bitcoin, Bitcoin cash, Ethereum, and there's also uh, Patreon where you can do a little bit every month, whatever you want, lots of different amounts, and it comes out every month, and that's a great way to support. And I always pump the shop, too, because there's a lot of great stuff in the shop, great mugs for a lot of your pretty much all the different hosts here on Revolution Radio. And uh, Matt Painter is the guy that designing those, and they look amazing. So I think they're great. Check them out. T-shirts, all other kinds of great stuff, too. So. Any way you can support, guys, is greatly appreciated, and it does make a difference. I really do believe it does because I tell you, they are definitely trying to to silence people. And I, I think people, uh, you know, that do any type of content creation and are on other platforms trying to do this work find it very quickly when you start touching on certain subjects that – uh, they won't allow it. And I know I found that out with a couple of my videos on YouTube. I didn't even make it past Premiere, and they were they were pausing them. So, you know, let's fight the good fight, guys. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining me, everyone in chat. Uh, I appreciate it so much, guys. And stick around. we got Defend Perspective next, another great content creator. So I'll see you next week, guys. Take care, stay safe, and look after each other, guys. Join Revolution Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m.
Studio B for Momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomsteps.com, the people station. into a world unseen on Raven Star's Witching Hour. You will encounter eclectic topics from the realm of spirit brought into our matrix of truth. With your host, the Solaris Blue Raven. Solaris will bring you an array of unique guests covering topics from ghostly spirits to amazing anomalies, covert technology, UFOs, and shadowy global events. That's right here at Revolution Radio. 